the panel, uh, NZ National. Oh, LT Campbell on Tory Street, Wellington, they're the best. Not only do they fix appliances, but if they can't, they'll advise you on which brands to buy next that will last and be repairable. Uh, bring back independent repairers, uh, says that person. Uh, look, quite a bit on scamming. Uh, so thank you for that. Wallace, I'm a financial advisor, and I fear the extent of information these scammers have. I got a call recently asking me whether I wanted to diversify my portfolio, having seen I had just invested in BNZ bonds. It freaked me out. So it's a very serious issue, um, and uh, hopefully we'll um, talk about scamming more because a lot of people are being affected around the country. You're on the panel. Wonderful to have your company. Happy Friday. I'm Wallace Chapman. Uh, the panel is also on iHeart, Spotify, uh, Apple, and on the RNZ app if you cannot uh, get to it live. Now, to this, Marlborough's deputy mayor has offered to pick up and drop off anyone struggling to find Tekaha or Waipuna. That is the new name for the Blenheim Library. The name gifted by Marlborough Iwi means the protective cloak of Waipuna. People are saying, can't find the library. How can I find the library? To explain the issue, we have Deputy Mayor David Crowe. David, kia ora. Nice to have you on the panel. Yeah, thank you, uh, Wallace. Nice to be here. Yeah, very good. Now, uh, David, got to ask you, have you given anyone a ride yet? No, look, I haven't. Uh, you know, obviously the meeting was held earlier in the week and I've only just uh, published that uh, today. So whether my phone rings or not, I'm not sure. But it hasn't <laughs> at this point in time. Well, careful what you ask for because you may well become the latest taxi service <laughs> in Marlborough there. But what's the issue here, David? How has the name Takahu Waipuna been received generally? I look, generally the name has been received incredibly well and I think that there is a small element of the community that have either um, you know, taken exception to the name um, or um, really haven't understood um, where it's come from and the why. Well, we've got a panel here, David. They might pop in with a question or a thought about this issue. Uh, Catherine, you first. Well, it is like all the people um, complaining that they don't understand what a kura is or, you know, and God knows what would happen if they had the, the, the road signs in both Tareo and English. How could we possibly find our way? Uh, so I suspect it is, you know, probably the same people that are complaining about this. Uh, but they wouldn't probably, if you, somebody potentially wanted to call their, you know, their library a bibliotheque or something like that, they probably wouldn't complain about that, would they? <laughs> Yeah, look, I think the uh, you know the closest closest analogy I can make to uh, our naming of our, our lovely building that houses the library, art gallery, and a cafe, and I think that's important to understand that as well is that we've we've worked closely with um, our local iwi uh, to find a, a beautiful name for this amazing new facility, and and that is a name that's obviously uh, got some real history that dates back to the 13th. Um, century, in fact. So, um, so you know, the, the the name is the naming of the building, and it houses our um, wonderful new library, art gallery, um, and a cafe as well, and a, an awesome new facility. I mean, personally, I, I wouldn't worry about this too much. The, 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 the kind of troglodytes who have a hard time with this kind of name aren't really going to be bothering libraries very much, are they? I mean, do, do you have many colouring books? Steve. Do you have many colouring books in for them? A few picture books. I mean, seriously, there are lots of it. 
there are lots of activities that happen inside the library and uh, you know maybe some of these people that are concerned should come and have a look at what goes on there because you know libraries are so much more than books these days aren't they and it is, look it is a wonderful facility look my comment earlier in the week uh, was when the topic was raised um, uh, at a council meeting and actually it was just uh, it wasn't actually uh, a, an agenda topic to discuss as such uh, it was just a councillor feeling she should um, she should voice uh, an opinion that a, a constituent or a ratepayer had expressed to her and it raised a little bit of conversation but look you know a hundred thousand people since May have already found the Blenheim Library and Art Gallery so I don't think we've really got a problem with people uh, walking through the door or not knowing where it is my comment really was a little bit tongue in cheek, as you can yep. imagine. Uh, but but if, but if, look, course. if genuinely somebody's got an issue, let's talk. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's right. So so most people can find the library. Some might ask, though, David. Um, you know, what's wrong with calling it the Blenheim Library? Look, absolutely, and it, and and for many people, it will continue to be known as the Blenheim Library and Art Gallery. And as I say, on the on the doors of the building, we have the the um, you know Blenheim Library and the Blenheim um, Art Gallery, um, and we've also got um, a cafe inside there as well. But we're talking about the name that's been put on the building itself, um, which is an absolute work of art. It really is. Yeah, someone's saying. Uh Someone used the analogy of te papa, and people seem to be able to yeah. find <laughs> that. Which yeah, is yeah. Look, fair I enough. think that, that is that is the closest analogy, isn't it? Um, in terms of the library itself, um, I had a look at it. It's a beautiful looking uh, library, a lovely piece of architecture there, David. So, look, well done for your community. Um, tell us about it. how long has it been in the works. Look, it's been in the works for quite some time. Yeah. So, you know, well, well prior to my time being involved um, on council, uh, 2013, I think it was first identified that our current library wasn't fit for purpose long term. And so at that point in time, it was put into uh, our council's long term plan. And like you can imagine, with any long term plans, there is a lot of competing um, interests. And so, you know, it's my understanding that the project was pushed back um, a, a bit because of those competing interests. And then, of course, uh, you know, we've had um, the likes of COVID come along in 2020, and that, that raised a real challenge for us as a council on the cusp of making that final decision to push the button and do the uh, library and art gallery, because essentially, uh, you know, it would have been uh, easy around that time to, uh, you know, be really conservative and, and pull the pin. But I suppose we were incredibly conscious of, you know, the intergenerational nature of a facility like this and the importance of the, uh, you know, the, the build and the economy of Marlborough and continuing to employ people. And so, so there's a, you know, that's a little bit of the background. So we, we uh, can push the button and continue to get on with the project. We um, uh, gave a preference to wanting to employ local contractors wherever possible to keep right. uh, Marlborough turning over. Um, we were really... We were really fortunate to get PGF funding, and and uh, and you know you can see the result of it all now. And there we are. You got a new library, uh, whatever the name is, but the name is uh, Teka Waipuna uh, Library. There, uh, very good to have you on, David. Kia ora. Thank you for your time. Hey, look, no problem at all. Thanks, guys. There's uh, Deputy Mayor David Crow. There, someone says uh, Marlborough has an amazing Maori history, and this is finally a nod to that history in Blenheim, uh, also the home to the first settlers in. 
New Zealand. There's nothing, just in terms of the library, I mean, you'd be all over this issue, uh, Catherine, as a novelist. Nothing more wonderful than a new local library, well-designed, well suited to the local community. It's a real, tr- it's a real tong, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. I love the thought of having an art gallery next to it. I mean, what a wonderful, I know, isn't it great? Yeah, you know, position of of sort of like art forms, etc. But I think you know we didn't really realise in Wellington how much you know our library meant to us until all of a sudden it wasn't there, and it wasn't there overnight. And I remember it was about two days later, gathering on a corner, and it was just a bunch of us, and we were looking at it, and we went, "Oh." This is really tragic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, the only question that really matters here is: Does this library stock Catherine's books? I didn't, <laughs> and that's the question that yes, I did not ask. We better find out. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I, part of the public lending right. This has to be the defining criteria. The criterion by which any good library should be judged. Surely. Well, he's the deputy mayor, so he may not know. But we will call the library on Monday and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good on you, Kat. Got to have your book stocked. Fifteen away from five. Uh, the panel uh, in Z National. Ah, oh, yeah, a lot of support for the library. The library and the staff are amazing. It's more like a community centre. Kids can learn to code. You can take a coffee in and read a magazine. Mm. It is so cool. So big support all round for uh, Takaha or, or Waipuna, uh, the new Blenheim Library there. Now. Rustle up your tramping gear because a walk unlike any other might be about to enter the Great Walk Hall of Fame. In 2017, Doc put out the call to find Aotearoa's next Great Walk. Many vied for selection, seven made the shortlist, and ultimately the Hump Ridge Trek made the cut. It went quiet for years. Then yesterday, just yesterday, the National Party came out with its choice. The 80-kilometre Wyo Molesworth proposal between Kaikoura and Hanma Springs, if elected, National has promised to spend $14 million to bring the scheme to life. A coup for the region, surely. With us, Graham Abbott, Product Development Manager of Hurunui Tourism. Kia ora, Graham. Kia ora. Great news, presumably, Graham, but also, as I understand, a little bit surprising. Uh, yes, on both counts. It was um, delightful news and we're, we're, we're thrilled if it uh, does come to fruition. But um, yeah, it came out of, um, no, no pun intended, uh, come out of the blue somewhat. Um, what, so after years of putting this prop uh, together or uh, in the post, suddenly, well not suddenly, years later, yesterday, you get the word. Well, well, that's exactly right because the process was in 2017, as you as you alluded, we uh, submitted, if you like, a, a proposal to Doc, and um, they selected um, a couple of winners, if you like, and we were told that we were we were third or up pretty close to it, uh, and then it's all gone a bit quiet, and I guess COVID uh, changed everybody's attention for a little while, and then then this came sprung back up again Boom. yesterday, so we're, we're delighted, absolutely <laughs> it's delighted, quite extraordinary, Ste- yes, Steve. To tell you the truth, I'm not really much of a hiker myself. This doesn't really quite speak to me. But but yeah. you know what? If if he's going to get people doing good exercise, get them out enjoying the beauty that is this country, then it's got to be a good thing. Stay there, Graham. What about you, Catherine? Uh, are you are you well, uh, participated in the great walks? I haven't done any great walks, but I do like to walk. I've walked around a lot of you know Wellington and here and Hawkes Bay. Um, but uh, is it? Do you go any particular way? Do you go from Kaikoura to Hamna Springs, or are you supposed to go inland to the coast? Can you do well, it either way? 
You can do it either way, as, as the, the theory is. The, the trail itself's normally been a east-to-west uh, trail. There are parts that are all linked up, if you like. Um, but, so I was thinking uh, you, could do, you could have a feed of, like, you know, feed of crayfish and kaikoura and then go and have a soak in the hot springs and Hamner Springs, you know, and that would be quite a nice way to end it, wouldn't it? That would be the way I'd be recommending, absolutely. Well, how long does this walk take? Um, well, it's 80 kilometres, and so the, the original proposal was saying you could do it over three to four nights, uh, or three to four days, I should say, and, you know, that's allowing for five hours walking a day on an average. Oh, that's, that, not, that's not just a walk to the pub, is it, Steve? That's, that's a mighty feed of crayfish in Kaikoura before you set off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know. You might be able to catch some, uh, some, some eel or some salmon at the right time in the river on the way through. What will, this, what will this do? I can recall when uh, uh, John Key put out, I think it was part of a work conference, wasn't it, the, uh, the notion of cycleways and kind of, yep. and I can also recall it was lampooned quite a bit, but if you talk to many locals in the likes of, say, Dunstan or whatever, uh, it's exploded for them economically. What about you with these walks? How economically well can you do out of a walk? Oh, very well, because what, what happens with these, these all of these things is that, you know, it, it, and they haven't got down to the detail of, of accommodation size, but even if you allowed a, a accommodation that had 30 beds, um, you know, that, that very quickly over a six-month period is, is another 5,000 people that oh, would be coming gosh. through yeah. through through the area. And if, you, you know, if you're spending $300 a night after they've, they've done their trip through, then that's another $1.5 million directly into the economy. Can't argue with that, Steve. That's not bad at all. Yeah. yeah, nice one. Oh well, very good. All the very best, Graham, uh, for that. And uh, so, what happens? What happens next? Well, I guess uh, there's there's an election to happen next, and then um, once that's decided, uh, if um, if it, if the nationals get in, then we'll be knocking on the door saying, "Come on, we've uh, we, we, we've come to talk, and we want to get this under road." It, it was fairly advanced in its planning phases, yeah. uh, not in its execution stages. So it wouldn't take much to get it, pick it up and, and, and get it moving with uh, all parties on board. All right, Graham, thank you. Uh, Graham there uh, from Huronui Tourism. This is about this uh, new walkway, uh, the Great Walk Hall of Fame, uh, as uh, we could describe it here on the panel. It is a 10 to 5 before we go to our final topic here because we have had so much response about um, – the appliances. This is on the back of Consumer NZ saying that your stove should last about 15 years. Um, so much response about the longest appliance that you've had in your house. We have to go to one more. With us, I understand, on the line is Guida. Hello, Guida. Hello, Wallace. Oh, hello. Happy Friday to you. Thank you. Where Thank are you, you. Where are you calling from? I'm, I'm on Mount Eden now. I live in Mount Eden, but I'm actually on the mountain now because it's so beautiful looking at the blue sky. Hang on. You're talking to the panel and you're talking to the whole nation from the top of Mount Eden? Absolutely. The tallest one in Auckland. Very, very <laughs> cool. Aren't, aren't we lucky? Yes. What's your We oldest? are. New Zealand is lucky, yeah. yes. That's, I should have texted in the other day and said that's what I like about New Zealand. Good but idea. I didn't. I texted in today about the appliance. <laughs> What's your oldest appliance, Guida? It's that Sunbeam handheld beater, which my aunt had. And I lived with her for many years, and I've got so many memories of, like, licking the chocolate cake mix off it. Um, and it still goes, you know. It's just spe- the Sunbeam stick. 
you know. Yes. Uh, oh, it, no, it's not a stick. It's the hand one with the two prongs oh, that spin around together, you know. The one, I, the one yeah. my mum had, that's right. And then yes. you spend half an hour after school licking them. That's right. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, you, you, they don't have date. Kids, kids don't know what they're missing, Guida. They don't, do they? No, we, I love it. The sunbeam bit's dropped off. I know it's a sunbeam because I remember the label, but it's heavy as anything. So I think that that's probably the engine and oh. it's probably really good, you know. Good on yeah. you. Nice one, yeah. Guida. Will you enjoy your trip at Mount Eden? Thank you. Gosh, that, Catherine, that brought some, some memories. Uh, licking well, mom's, mom's, licking. my mum had a whole sunbeam <laughs> mixer thing like with the bowl and everything. That was her... Um, you yeah. know, she used to make pavlova every Christmas and that one, so I definitely have memories of that. But I used to, we used to have a hand beater where, you know, if we wanted to make that chocolate pudding terrible mix where you put yep. the powdered stuff into the milk, you know, and then you stood <laughs> beating it for like half an hour. Um, that was, yeah, I could have done with one of those handheld ones. That would have been great. Well, yeah, very good. Nice one. What a wonderful uh, um, a little story from Guida there. Now, finally, with uh, Steve McCabe and Catherine Robinson, rugby fever is upon us. We will collectively be soaking in it for the next 52 days. We're loving it. Or are we? What if you're not into rugby? Is there anything else in New Zealand to do? Well, serving up the on-air delicacies. I heard a laugh there from you, Catherine. Serving up the on-air yep. delicacies for a month now is none other than our Mark Amory, presenter and producer on the new great Sunday afternoon show. It's called Culture 101. Mark, kia ora. Good to have you here. Oh, kia ora, panel. Kia ora, how are you? Oh, you let me out. Rugby. <laughs> we're actually, we're actually uh, after an all-black at the moment. We're in deep negotiations in France Ooh. to get, a, get an all-black onto our show to give us some artsy favourites. So let me get this straight. Will you be going off air for the month? No, no. It's a counter-offensive, Wallace. I tell you, there's plenty to be getting talking about in the arts over the next next wee while. It's spring. It's well, a which good is, time. Which is why this is actually a nice reminder, isn't it, Mark, that actually, uh, even though we, including you and I, love rugby, there's other, things, there's other things to do, right? <laughs> there are, there are. I'm going to start with a little thing, which it, it's, it's almost five o'clock, so I have to start with something really rather nice. If you're going to Autoporti Dunedin shortly, um, you can see some knitted... Yum Cha at the Hawken Library Gallery there by Bev Moon. She's done the whole feast. She started with a few, knitting a few dim sum during um, lockdown, and she's now done the whole feast. Yeah. Very, very cool. Okay, very exciting. Before we go to our panellists, give me something else. Um, while it's festival, oh, steamed ham. Do you know what's, have you heard of steamed ham? It's kind of an internet meme, Simpsons meme. Okay. No. This is an exhibition at the Dallas Art Gallery exploring the relationship between contemporary art and internet culture. So it's kind of like, Artists playing with TikTok videos or Lindsay Lohan cameos. And oh. Steamed Ham is this meme where a very famous scene from The Simpsons in the 90s where various artists keep redoing it, like as a musical or in different languages. It's become this kind of internet sensation. That's all oh, the doubts. Ma- Mark's getting me quite inspired, Catherine. No right Yeah, there. I didn't know about the Steamed Ham. I'm more of a Simpsons unexplained bacon meme <laughs> person myself. So, yeah, sounds good. Steve, well, I, I'm 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 loving the balance on today's show because we we spent like during the first half hour we, we were talking about how wonderful it is that we got both sports on TV. Well, tomorrow. we've got the Mad Butcher and Mark Amory. What more? <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> the two, the, the two Bauer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they, we we really have got both 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 poles there, haven't we? Yeah, it's very very cool. Um, so I'm actually very interested in that uh, that um, exhibition in Dunedin. What else do you have for us? Well, Mark? seriously, it is actually regional f- arts festival season. Yeah. 
<coughs> so um, I think you've got, in October, you've got arts festivals in Nelson, Hawke's Bay, Tauranga, yes. and coming up next week, the Rotorua's Indigenous Festival, Oranui. It's a really busy time, and of course you've got the World of Wearable Arts in Wellington. Oh, you've got one of my favourite bands, Phoenix Foundation, bringing out their first album, a classic, and touring oh, really? in October. Yeah, yeah. Tim Finn. Who wouldn't want to go see yeah. Tim Finn? And, and of course, Hawke's Bay, Catherine, where you're, where, where you're from, yes. you, could explain, you could expand on that a bit. Well, I am because I'm chair of the Readers and Writers Trust and so the Hawke's Bay Arts Festival is going for the month of October, basically Boom. mainly across the weekends and we, uh, the Readers and Writers Festival is on the final weekend in October and the program is out. You should have a look at it. It's bloody good if I do say so myself. Very, very cool. Do you have a personal pick, Mark? Because you, uh, your inbox must, be, inbox must be crammed every week because there is a lot of uh, wonderful stuff happening. Is there a couple of faves that you well, personally... I've got a taste for obscure New Zealand music, and there's a couple of big um, sound art, you might call them noise festivals, coming up in the South Island. So in 12th to 15th of October, you've got a festival that's called Now, Here, This, of experimental music. That's coming up. That sounds great. And they're bringing back for the first time, I think, since before lockdown to, to Autopilot. Porti Dunedin, uh, a really cool festival called Lines of Flight, which has all sorts of great bands like the Dead Sea and Shape oh, of a Mouth. Oh, the Dead Sea, Mark. Yeah, yeah, Bring back yeah. memories of uh, absolutely sonic, unlistenable... Absolutely. Large slabs rubbish. of guitar and feedback. Absolutely. Shocking stuff. I mean, do you, do you actually enjoy that? <laughs> I do on occasion. I do. I like, I like to, to mix things up. Actually, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lie because I was at a Dead Sea and I, I was actually more amazed. It was at the Empire Tavern, Mark, and it was just, it was, uh, forget Deep Purple, forget Led Zepp, this was loud. And I was just, I was in awe. But look, we mustn't forget the Cultural Festival or Cultural Festivals, which is this campaign trail we're on at the moment with the election. I was really impressed to see Christopher Luxon, you know, get a... Uh, what was it, an ice cream uh, that dedicated gelato to him. Blueberry ripple cheesecake and a sprinkle of shortbread chunks was the uh, blueberry luxe ice cream I see Ooh. that was rolled out in Christchurch at the rollicking gelato, um, which is just my way of starting to plug that we're going to have our first ever arts and politics panel discussion oh, nice. Nice. on Sunday uh, with a couple of guests. It's going to be called Carcass. Carcass in um, Ode to Caucus, another great podcast with one <laughs> hey, of the broadcasters. Hey, keep up the great work. We're all listening. Kia ora. Kia ora. That's uh, Mark Amory there from Culture 101. A little bit of uh, Power Bit of Friday for you. Steve McCabe, Catherine Robinson, have a great Friday, both of you. And a big thank you to my wonderful producer, Mary Argue. See you at 3.45 with Stephen Franks and Sue Kedgley on Monday afternoon. Checkpoint next.